Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. You know, Brian, we said last week that it was a very bad week for tech news. Turns out it was a very bad week all around. And Slate gave us an article telling us exactly what we already knew. So thank you, Slate. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was funny. I, 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 definitely, um, I definitely felt like I had a bit of a week. And uh, Slate put it in, in my face again to remind me exactly of everything horrible that happened last week. Yes, thank you very much. I'm so glad we pay for that subscription. <laughs> uh, you laugh, but I just I still like them. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. A uh, quick little bit of follow-up on that Amazon Halo. We just kind of did a cursory review of why we're not going to buy it last show. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did a little bit more of a deep dive on it. And uh, I we missed two, two real big things that we, we kind of covered, but eh, not really. Uh, the body scans. Now, you yep. use your phone to do a body scan. Now, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but Amazon already had that does my ass look fat camera that you could try on clothes and it would tell you if it looked good or not. Yes. And it tanked. Yes. Nobody wanted it. Yes. So they've just revived it now. So now you just wear your underwear and send pictures to Amazon. So it'll tell you if you're fat or not. Great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I... It's creepy. It's not you don't want to send it to Amazon. But I mean, you know, that that is part of uh, fitness is taking pictures of yourself so you can see the progress uh, as you move along. I mean, that's uh, there was a there were programs. I think one was called like Fit for Life or something like that. And it was a book and they told you, you know, take Polaroids first and then you take Polaroids after three months. And so how old is this book? <laughs> Polaroids? That's, that's pretty old. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a long time ago. Yes. Uh, I can't fault them for for this uh, so much. Um, you know, do I want to send it to Bezos? Mm, well, you know, I, I suppose I've seen his dick. That's true. That's true. <laughs> fair play. Fair play. Uh, but people are complaining, saying that uh, the one of the AI features, because what it does mm -hmm. is it takes four pictures of you and builds a 3D model of you. And right. then you can, uh, with a little slider, make yourself fatter or skinnier. And they're, right. they're worried it's going to be a problem with people with, you know, body dysmorphia and things like that and anorexia. And they go, oh, I can look good if you can see all of my ribs. Well, uh, again, I mean, I think, yeah, yeah, that's a little bullshitty. <laughs> that's a little bullshitty. I, I don't think one can yeah. go after Amazon for that. It's it's uh, where where's the outrage at Adobe Photoshop? Seriously. The voice analysis thing, though, uh why i don't get it they're, they say that they're you know they do all of it on the phone they don't send anything to amazon but yeah you know okay so my skivvies go up but my voice doesn't i've already sent you pictures of me in my underwear exactly come on man yeah yeah i, I again <laughs> you've already gotten a second base come on let's just 
If, if we're going to skip the talk dirty to me part, <laughs> what's the point? Uh, you know, I mean, the the, the bottom the bottom line is it's it's creepy for all the reasons that we said it was creepy the first time around, and and this article is really nitpicking on things that it's just kind of like yeah. So I mean, look if you if you buy into this, uh, then then these things are a given. Uh, people who want to do it are going to do it, and people who are uncomfortable with it obviously won't, and we'll use some other program or you know do what all of us are doing in 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 quarantine and just. Just eating fucking pizza and drinking beer and not giving a shit. <laughs> I'm going to need longer arms with all this shit that you got to wear nowadays. <laughs> it is getting, uh, it's getting kind of crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I think as somebody on our, on our Discord channel said something along the lines of just give me, give me one wristband to rule them all so I don't have to carry a whole bunch of shit anymore. I know. You know who I feel like nowadays? I feel like the, the street guy in Starsky and Hutch who would like pull up his sleeve and he had just an arm full of fake Rolexes. To give you, to sell you. You want a Fitbit? You want a Halo? You want a Garmin? You want an Apple? What do you want? What do you want? We got everything here today. <laughs> and uh, we've talked in the past about Amazon and their problem with counterfeit products. Yes. I found this really cool story over at Reddit of all places on the uh, You Should Know channel, uh, which is actually turns out to be pretty cool. I started scanning through there. There's some good stuff in there. There's also some bullshit in there, but it's Reddit. What do you expect? <laughs> Take the good with the bad. Um, so this is a problem with commingling of inventory, and it breaks it down on what it is. And I did not really know how they do this kind of thing. So they basically, if you're selling Crest toothpaste and it's all the same skew, no matter who you are, they throw it in the same bin. So, and they don't track who, like where it comes from. There's right. no end. And they, they're not using the blockchain, obviously, to tell where these <laughs> things are coming from. So, it, you know, you could order something from Amazon, but it could have been a third party seller that just threw in a counterfeit that looks exactly like it. But when you take it out, it's the counterfeit, but they can't trace it. All they can do is give you a refund. Right. Now, Brian, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember in the 70s or 80s, uh, the big Tylenol scare where people were dying because somebody put cyanide in the, the Tylenol bottles and put them on the shelf. Well, seems like this is, you know, primed for something nefarious like that to happen again. Primed. Ha ha ha. I didn't even think about that one. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you can't get a refund if you're dead. Yeah, I mean... I I, it's surprising slash not surprising that this is happening, um, you know, and, and that sucks uh, on so many levels for sucks for the consumer to not know where exactly and who exactly your product is coming from. Uh, it sucks for the resellers uh, for or for the people, you know, that are setting up shop and putting things on Amazon and have products that maybe, you know, they meticulously cared for uh and then it just goes into a big bin along with products from other people and god knows where those came from and and you don't know what you're getting and who you're getting it from seems to me that amazon has built a platform that would take care of such things but apparently they just can't be bothered nope they sure can't well brian last week we also wanted something new mm -hmm. something shiny and new well guess what we've got what's dot new okay <laughs> this is this is the kookiest thing i've seen google do in a while so it's a new TLD, top-level domain, for .new. And what it does is it maps the domain onto different applications. So you can do, like, um, document.new, and it will open up a new Google Doc for you. Um, there's, also, there's a whole ton of things on there people have been signing up for their .new and staking their claim. But, like, you know, I looked through the list. I don't know if you did, but there's almost nothing on there that I would ever use. <laughs> Yeah, same. I, I did scan through it and I'm like, okay, uh, 
it's cute and clever, but no thanks. Yeah, seriously, no thanks. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, not all the new things are great. Yeah, and uh, speaking of new things, I got a bit of follow up about that pie hole setup that I was going to do using the Raspberry Pi to uh, do you know basic top level advertising blocking. Uh, one thing I forgot about when I ordered it and decided to do everything was um, let my wife know. <laughs> so it showed up <laughs> and my wife said, whoa, well, hey, what's that? What are you working on? That looks pretty cool. And I explained what it was going to do. And she said, you're going to block all advertising? And I said, yeah, isn't that cool? And she said, no, I like my ads. What? I find stuff all the time, particularly in Instagram. She loves Instagram ads. Uh, and she finds things that, you know, she likes. And she gets a lot of ads now for kids stuff because targeted advertising. And and occasionally, she says, I really enjoy seeing them. And I often find things that I like and that we end up buying and using here. So I went, oh, well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, can't you set up a, like a pass-through list? Because I'm also imagining that e even with an ad blocker at the network level, it can't block Instagram ads because it's baked into the, the app and the feed. Yeah, I don't know how that works. I've got to figure that out. So uh, so it's not as so much of a simple install anymore. Now I'm going to see if I can, like, you know, make sure that her phone will pass through and, and check certain things. So it's gotten a little bit more complicated than I had intended. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe you married a woman <laughs> who likes ads. How strange. I know. Crazy me. So we've been talking about how uh, commercial real estate is in trouble and how tech companies are in general basically saying you don't have to come back to work for quite some time. Some tech companies are saying, like uh, Twitter, uh, you don't have to come back into the office ever. However, what they've been telling their employees to do and what their financial department and real estate departments are actually doing are two different things. Uh, large companies may be shrinking their office footprints, but big tech firms like Google, Facebook, and Amazon are doing the exact opposite. They are snapping up. Up office buildings and office space left, right, and center like there's no tomorrow. Uh, so what we're basically gleaning from this is sure, flexible working arrangements for tech companies may continue, but the importance of offices for both recruiting and collaboration will uh, still be there. And big tech companies intend to have people back in their offices and their new large shiny offices at some point. So we've got uh, Facebook has leased over 730,000 square feet in Manhattan's west side. Amazon has purchased the Lord and Taylor building on Fifth Avenue in New York City for $1.1 billion. And, you know, just basically TikTok has gotten a new thing in Times Square. Oracle, Walmart, Microsoft are also bidding on large spaces uh, that used to be WeWork locations. Ha ha ha. Irony. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Apple is even negotiating a new 60,000 square foot uh, area at Penn Plaza. <clears throat> so this is just in New York. Uh, this is happening all over the place. Yeah. So, yeah. All these companies that are that uh, were basically leading the charge for work from home are saying are betting big on the fact that people are going to be going back to offices which is kind of what we said was going to happen well that and also since everything is going for cheaper than it normally should right now because of you know c19 i think that they might just be put like buying these things as an investment right. that they can sell off down the line because they've got you know more cash than god <laughs> so it's like oh let's put some money into real estate while the getting's good and then we can you know sell them out later or you know maybe we can start our own we work who knows right but uh yeah it's uh <laughs> yeah i mean right now is a good time to buy commercial real estate because 
yeah, nobody's nobody's using it right now. <laughs> yep. So uh, Business Insider did something a little bit interesting over the last couple of weeks. Uh, you, you have to disclose salary offers in visa applications, which uh, those are then made public by the U.S. government. So they've gone in and crunched those numbers to figure out kind of a general range of salaries that companies are paying for people, particularly in the Bay Area, for certain key roles. Uh, now, this data does have some limitations. It only shows what the would-be base salaries are. It does not include offers of stock options and things of that nature, um, and particularly for Facebook. Uh, people working in tech are making a decent amount of money, man. Yeah, no, they are. <laughs> I'm looking at these numbers and yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know? got the links in the show notes. Uh, there's there's nothing under $100,000 here. Oh, wait, there's one. Network engineers will start at 78000 Oh, those guys always get the, the short end those of the straw. The short end of the <laughs> stick, yeah. Uh, and they also did it uh, for basically a lot of companies in the in the Bay Area, Netflix, Google, Apple, Facebook, etc. Uh, and they listed some of the highest paid jobs. Again, the caveat being that these are only uh, foreign workers, so visa applications coming through and does not include stock options, which may be the key for Apple, because as I went through this list, I discovered that if you uh, if you want a high paying job in the Bay Area, you don't want to work for Apple. You want to work for Netflix. Really? Hmm. Yep. You can run through these. Netflix has some of the highest paid salaries of all the tech companies uh, that Business Insider analyzed in the San Francisco Bay Area. And just my cursory run through, Apple had the lowest out of all the companies. But then again, you know, they may be padding that heavily with stock options, which if you've been following Apple stock is a very good thing. Yeah, no doubt. No <laughs> doubt. Yeah, software engineer starts at 110 and goes to 280. You know, I mean, I think my highest gig when I was working in tech was 125. Right. And that that was like in the early 2000s. So, you know, if I'd have stuck around, maybe I'd be at the 280 <laughs> mark. But yeah, by the time I left, I was lucky to make 70 because once you hit 40, man, ugh, it goes <laughs> down the train. <laughs> Yeah, I would love to see that map to actual ages of people. That would be interesting. Yeah, that would definitely be interesting. And also, you know, even at $110,000 a year as a software engineer, if you're living in San Francisco, that's minimum wage. You can't get an apartment, you know? Yeah, that's that's very true. So speaking of Apple news, uh, or Apple, we have some Apple news here. Engadget put out a little short blurb about what you need to know about Apple's iPhone 12 and 12 Pro. Uh, it's confirmed it will be shipping its new smartphones later than usual this year, and it's kind of remained quiet about them. But uh, apparently we're going to be getting as many as four new iPhones in one shot. Yep, yep. But what really gets me is on uh, on another one that I found over at the Next Web. They're possibly releasing two new Apple Watches, an Apple Watch Six and another uh, cheaper version, like an Apple Watch SE. But I'm, you know, as far as tech goes, the only thing I get excited about now anymore really is the iPad and the Apple Watch. So I could use a new Watch Six, even though my Five seems to be fine. But we'll see what kind of cool new features they got. You know, I'm still using a, a, an iWatch or an Apple Watch 3, so I'm definitely mm. due for an upgrade. But uh, I'm excited about the lower cost one because, honestly, I basically just use my watch as a Fitbit. So I, I think if I'm going to have to look at this, and I, I think I would buy the lower cost one that just basically tracks my fitness because that's really time, uh, notifications if I get a text, and, and the, the uh, Fitbit aspect of it. That's all I use my watch for. Yeah, that's kind of what I use mine for, too. I, lots of timers, though. I use it for timers and, uh, yeah, exercise. 
in notifications. I so, think you might be fine with the lower qual- uh, the lower price one too then, to be honest. You know what it comes down to? It comes down to size and battery life. Uh, right. That's the thing about the 5. The 5 is lighter mm-hmm. and skinnier and smaller, like, you know, mm-hmm. just height-wise, but it's got a bigger screen. I like the bigger screen on the 5. Because we're old. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. So... You know, I'll probably if if it has some cool new features, I'll go with the six because this has the the AFib tracking and things like that. Now that I'm riding a bike again, I'd kind of like to know that because this is, <laughs> yeah, yeah, my resting heart rate's still around ninety, so I'm trying to work on work on some fitness action, but I don't want to stroke out while I'm out for my ride. So I, I don't know. I, I, I'm looking forward to the six personally. I'll spend the All extra right. cash on it. I I, li- I like this thing so much; it's worth it for me to you know go a little higher end on that one. Right. You know, the funny thing about these watches, though, is because, I mean, they're not crazy expensive, but the fact that you have to basically buy a new one every couple of years, you're going to be spending as much on your Apple watch as you are. On a, you could have bought a Rolex at one point at some point. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. But, you know, my, my Rolex isn't going to tell me when my tea's ready. So. True. <laughs> Probably will. But, uh, you know, in 17 different countries, your tea is now ready in Botswana, sir. Um <laughs> In more Apple news, uh, Apple has mistakenly approved a widely used malware uh, through the through the App Store. Whoops! They notarized this app that got out, and uh, a couple security researchers found, researchers found it. Now the thing about it is, it's uh, it's hidden in a Flash installer, like a fake Flash installer. Wait, isn't that supposed to be completely dead at this point? Uh, you'd think. You'd think. <laughs> Who the All hell right. would be trying to install Flash at this point? I, you know what? I got a director installed that you can put a shockwave install. Come I on. Loved, I loved shockwave. Uh, I know. It was fun. Uh. It was fun. But along with the uh, the kerfuffle there with the uh, the malware in the App Store, Apple has now confirmed that they have some new store policies for developers. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you're in the doghouse with Apple and you're going through, you know, the appeals process to figure out, like... You know, you screwed up and you put something in your app that they didn't like. And God knows what it could be because the, they seem to be changing it all the time now. Uh, you can still push bug fixes out while you're while you're still in, in Apple jail, which is good. Right. You know, if there's if there's a bug, mm-hmm. you want to get it out the door. You know, this comes back to, I believe, the WordPress issue because WordPress couldn't even push any of its bug fixes because they were in, you know, App Store jail. And it's just it's funny timing that they're going to say, oh, well, you can do that now. OK, there's a lot of things that are funny timing with Apple right now, because now they have an appeals process. So you can actually come back to them and, and appeal a decision to not have your app in the store. But you can also suggest to them changes to their terms and use in their guidelines for. Gee, Apple, I, I wonder you know, why they're stuff. rolling all these sorts of things out. Could it be because they're about to be in a massive lawsuit about the App Store? Uh, across the world, everybody's coming after him about this app store right now. So well, they're getting good. hits from all fronts. You know, I heard something the other day that made made me actually kind of say that that thirty percent actually isn't too bad when you think about it. Because think about when you used to have software and you have to sell it in big box stores. You had to actually, you know, make the boxes, make the discs, put it on the floppies, shrink wrap it, put it on a truck, get it to a store, and you had to sell it at wholesale. So you still were only getting half of what it was on the on the shelf for. So, right. you know, 30% when you look at it through the lens of what it used to cost to sell software isn't actually that bad. Right. Uh, I mean, you know, I, th- that argument can be made. I, I, I certainly think Apple deserves its cut and its share, and they should get that. Eh, 20%. <laughs> you know hey, what I'm man. saying? 
<laughs> I know, but how much Apple stock do you have? You might want you, you might want them to stick to the thirty percent. You know, self preservation is a thing. So yes, it is. Yeah, and Amazon has finally gotten permission from the FAA to start uh, their drone operations. So all right, yeah, you know, uh, basically Alphabet and uh, UPS already had this this designation, so they're kind of late to the game. So Prime Air is hopefully going to be rolling out soon. I know you hopefully is. It's a loaded term because it's like, yeah, it would be kind of nice to get stuff fast. But then again, do I want a sky filled with drones? The noise pollution alone is going to be outrageous. Yeah, it's especially in L.A. too, with all the helicopters and all the small planes and everything. And uh, yeah. Oh, and I don't know if you saw this one this morning. Uh, my, my roommate actually stopped it and, uh, made me watch it. There was a big thing yesterday, or actually it was on Sunday at LAX, a uh, couple planes coming in said at 3000 feet, like 900 yards from the end of the runway at LAX was a guy in a jet pack, a guy <laughs> in a jet pack at 3000 feet. I'll put it in the show notes, but yeah, it was confirmed by multiple, multiple pilots that were coming in for a landing. Well, look, you know what? Since I was a kid, I was promised a jet pack. So Whatever gets us there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we don't know who this guy was, where he was from. But, yeah, it's uh, apparently somebody's hanging out by LAX in a jetpack. Or, you know, or somebody made a drone and wrapped it up in a guy in held, a jetpack and flew it up, you know. Because <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw the the Halloween uh, drone where they put the big spooky guy, like a, yep. uh, like a wraith flying on the drone. That thing was pretty cool. So you could technically do this with just an off-the-shelf drone right well soon you'll be able to uh theoretically control those drones with your mind Ooh. or well at least a pig's mind <laughs> we'll see what happens <laughs> many uh, people have called me a pig so we'll see <laughs> maybe it was elon musk over at lax wearing a jetpack trying something new maybe not but he was over at Neuralink the other day showing off his new uh revolutionary brain machine interface Yes, he announced it last year, and here is version two. Uh, they've put these things into a couple pigs. Um, here. <laughs> it's important that Neuralink solves this problem sooner rather than later, because the point at which we have digital superintelligence, that's when we pass the singularity and things become just very uncertain, Musk told Inverse back in 2019. So he's been working on it, uh, probably not seeing the irony that he would actually be creating the singularity if this sort of stuff works. But, <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. So, uh, yeah, he's got a machine that uh, puts a ton of electrodes into your brain. Right now, they uh, they don't go that deep, but they're hoping to get it in deeper because, you know, we know what the brain does already because it's all mapped. Right, Elon? We sure do. <laughs> Can we, you point me to the soul? Alert, we don't. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yes, uh, basically, it just sticks a bunch of chips in you and collects the signals that the electrodes pick up. Uh, this link will measure the patient's temperature, pressure, and movement, potentially providing early warnings about imminent heart attacks or stroke. You know what else does that right now? Our watches. <laughs> we don't need true. to stick these things into our brains to do it. Yep. Uh, anyways, I guess it's good that somebody's moving forward on cutting-edge science, quite literally. Uh, but uh, during the live demonstration, he introduced the crowd to a trio of pigs, Joyce, Gertrude, and Dorothy. Joyce had not had the implantation surgery and appeared to be a perfectly happy and healthy pig. Dorothy had the surgery, but then they removed it to show that it doesn't have to be permanent. No word on whether the pig kept twitching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Gertrude had the surgery and still had the link installed in her head. Her link monitor signals generated from her snout. So whenever Gertrude smells something tasty, the link picked up and recorded those signals. There you go. 
All right, three little pigs. Great. Mm -hmm. Except the yes. problem here is that uh, most of the science that he's running through is at least 10 years old, and most neuroscientists were unimpressed. They're like, <laughs> welcome to the party, Elon. You're a little yeah. late. So, Well, like I said, everything that this thing could do right now could be done with our watch. Yeah, the, the, the technology that he's you know, saying is groundbreaking apparently is not. People have been doing this for quite some time, and I do remember seeing brain implants for blind people and uh, other other things. You know, go back to old wires and you can see that kind of stuff. Yep. Well, once again, protesters have uh, gone to Jeff Bezos' house and set up another fucking guillotine. They're pissed off <laughs> and they want they want Amazon to raise the minimum wage to $30 an hour. Well, you know, I get the guillotine reference, but, you know, they might just want to build a giant cake outside because I think they're going to get a little bit better press, you know, with cake than with a guillotine. But, uh, you know, I don't know. This is this seems to be a thing that happens, you know, every so often nowadays. Jeff just walks out and he's got oh, another guillotine. Great. But uh, I, I like the fact that they had to say the guillotine was just a prop and not functional. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not sure that this is a good way to make your point. I mean, I get it. Um, I get it. But. Yeah, do the cake. I like your idea better. Yes. And when they're done, they can eat cake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, yeah, Zuck's been in the news this week because of the whole Kenosha, Wisconsin thing and the fact yeah. that they uh, left a, you know, basically a post up from a militia group that was uh, asking people to attend the protests and bring weapons. Bring your guns. Yeah. And they, of course, they said the moderators didn't didn't violate any rules. And that it was a, a largely an operational mistake. Okay. Uh, he said mm -hmm. the contractors, the reviewers who the initial complaints were funneled to didn't basically didn't pick this up. And on second review, doing it more sensitively, the team that res that's responsible for dangerous organizations recognized that this violated the policies and we took it down. Now, of course, this comes from a video that he posted on Facebook that was one of his Q&As with the, you know, the team, I guess, or just a, you know, talking head video. But in the whole time, he didn't actually apologize to anybody because I guess that would probably open him up to litigation if, if yep. he took too much responsibility. God forbid you take any <laughs> fucking responsibility for the shit world you've created, Zuck. And Just a platform. Just a platform. Well, there's a link in the show notes to the video. I recommend you go go check out the video. You don't have to watch the video. Just scroll through the comments. You talk about a bunch of grumpy old geeks. Oh, my God. There's 16,000 comments in there. I scrolled through a couple hundred of them, you know, just to see what the just to take the temperature. And uh, there was not one pro Zuckerberg comment in in those at all. They're like, you're destroying our world. You piece of shit. All you want's the money. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like. You guys should listen to Grumpy Old Geeks. <laughs> <laughs> we should put. We should start posting some ads in there. Yeah, I think we've found our tribe. <laughs> so yeah, same things we've talked about. Yeah, they've got contractors who are probably in the Philippines and don't understand what even is happening. So they let these things slide. But what are you going to do? Well, I know what I'm going to do, Brian. Hmm. I'm going to go to the grocery store. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Amazon has actually opened its first Amazon Fresh grocery store about two miles from my house. All right. I watched the video and they've got uh, they've got smart carts. So you basically go through and you put all your stuff in the cart. It's got a scanner and a you know a little uh, little display on there to tell you what you just bought, like you didn't know. <laughs> and uh, so it scans it and then you go to checkout. It didn't, there's no checkout process really in the. 
in the video. So I want to go see it in person. I have to like sign up to get on a list to go in because it's apparently very, you know, very select group of people right now. But unless I can say, hey, lady in the cart, bag my damn groceries, I'm not very interested in checking out myself because it seems kind of ridiculous to have a self-checkout in the cart when there's no bags and then you have to take it back out of the cart to put it in the bag. So like the current self-checkout seems to be way more efficient because you take it out and you put it in the bag. You take it out and you put it in the bag. So I don't yeah, know. I, I hear you. What do you think? <laughs> it's uh, it's a little silly. I, I I don't quite get it either. I mean, I like the idea of the, the smart cart and you just put things in your, what, they should just have bags in the cart already. That's, that's the solution, right? You just walk around the store and you pick your things up and you put them in the bag and it knows what it's got and you just walk out of the store and go straight to your car. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that since this is a, you know, an Amazon fresh product, they'd probably want you to bring your own bags. But in California, you are now banned from bringing your own bags, which is hilarious. Yeah. Since, you know, for the past, what, five, six years, you have been banned from getting bags at the store. Now you have to pay for bags at the store no matter what. No, you don't actually have to. I I know at my Trader Joe's, they've set up a bagging station outside of the store. So once you've bought all your stuff, you can go to the tables that are wiped down every after in between every single person and bag your own stuff with your own bags again. (laughs) Okay. well, my Trader Joe's had like five cases of C-19, so we don't go there anymore. So I'll pass. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. We had five confirmed cases at the at the local one. So, yeah, we're not going there. So. But I, 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 if I can get in, I'll, I'll swing through the Amazon Fresh and try and take some covert video. <laughs> it might not be covert because I'm sure everybody that walks through there is taking video. Last thing I got on the list here is uh, Overcast news because we talk about Overcast on the show all the time. Mm-hmm. They've got a new beta that's out and it's making the rounds because in this new beta, you can click on a podcast and see what's going on. Like if they're doing any kind of location tracking or dynamic ads or things like that. Right. And just just I, I wanted to address this because, you know, somebody's going to send it to us. Uh, yes, we do dynamic ads. We use your IP address to figure out where you are. But all of our ads are set to the world, so it doesn't really matter. We don't do geo-targeting on them. We just try and send you some ads if you're there. Uh, yep. We do very basic dynamic ad insertion, but we do it, so it's going to show up there. Um, but as far as tracking goes, we don't track you. And, and you know, every app on the planet gets your IP address. Everybody knows where you're at or who you are, and that's really it. So NB, it's, it's NBD. We don't track you at all, Bill. I know where you, you're on Laurel Canyon right now. Bill. <laughs> Bill. Quit fast forwarding the ads, Bill. Bill. <laughs> Everyone needs a world class VPN. Grumpy Old Geeks recommends private internet access to protect your online privacy and identity. Private internet access never keeps any records of their users' online activities, so you can be assured that you have complete privacy and nobody knows what you're doing online. No matter your technical skills, private internet access is one of the easiest VPN apps out there. All it takes to connect is just one click or tap and your data will be encrypted instantly. With just one private internet access VPN subscription, you can connect up to 10 devices at the same time. Go to GOG.show slash VPN and sign up today. For a limited time only, you can get our favorite VPN for just $2.69 a month when you sign up for two years. GOG.show slash VPN. That's GOG.show slash VPN. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. 
That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Media Candy. And speaking of Bills, Bill and Ted 3 is out. Mm-hmm. Bill and Ted face the music. Yes. You got to check out the website. I love the website. It was very reminiscent of our old movie websites that we used to make back in the day. <laughs> kind of fun. Kind of fun. Kind of basic and retro. I, I like the website a lot. It, it was very reminiscent. Yes. Yes. And I like the movie even more. I, I even I even teared up a little at the end. So uh, I have to watch it. I haven't you do. gotten around to it yet. The, the, the thing is, like, I feel like I need to go back and watch Bill, the first two Bill and Ted's because honestly, I don't remember shit except oh. for George Carlin. <laughs> OK, uh, well, you, you can do that if you want. I didn't. And uh, I barely I remember a little bit of two station. Um, but you know I, I mean, okay yeah i guess i don't it's not like it's an incredibly intricate plot no it's not and it's sta- <laughs> it stands on its own i mean you know you know the basic premise of one and two so you can watch three i haven't watched number one in you know probably six or seven years but uh yeah it's it's worth it i and i i did download it from sweden so i could put it on my synology but then i did buy it from amazon so they got the money because I, right. I wanted to make sure they got the money for it i just wanted my local copy which you can't get from any of these damn streaming services anymore bastards can i can i can like specify can i send this money to alex and not keanu because he doesn't need it yeah alex needs the money more than keanu <laughs> does yeah that'd be nice to have a slider they should have just put it on indiegogo and had a little slider on who gets most of the money uh there's a new show coming out uh on tomorrow i think or tomorrow the, on thursday called raised by wolves on hbo max it's mm-hmm. a max joint so hopefully I'll be able to hopefully they'll retrofit it to my HBO app on my Roku so I can watch it. Uh, it's called Raised by Wolves. Yeah, this is a uh, this is Ridley Scott, right? Yes, he is. It's he's yeah, executive it, it, produced by him and he directs the first one or two and probably hands it off after that. So. All right. Yeah, it looks good. Uh, I'm hoping it doesn't have any of the Prometheus stink on it. We'll see. I don't know. I'm, you never know. You never know. You never know. Yeah, it is about, you know, children being raised by robots, so androids or whatever they call them replicants whatever the whatever the term du jour is for this you know this branch of it so yeah but it looks cool it looks cool i'll check it out yeah it does uh, i'm definitely going to check it out I, I you know it's nice to see I, I don't know when he shot this or when he did this uh obviously it must have been in the can pre-covid because it looks pretty intricate um i'm excited about it new sci-fi who's going to complain not me Unless it sucks, and, then we'll complain. Unless it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of new sci-fi, uh, we have gotten some information about Star Trek Discovery. It will be uh, starting the third season on uh, CBS All Access on Thursday, October 15th, which is coming up pretty quick. Speaking of which, it's September. Where the fuck did this year go? Oh, yeah. At home. Here. Sitting here. Here's the funny thing. You know, February, like March 1st to July 31st was about seven years Mm-hmm. And now August 1st, or actually maybe June 30, June 30th, 
that just took forever. And then kind of once we hit summer, it has gone super fast. I don't know yeah. what the what the deal is, but it seems like, you know, time is time is not a stable entity anymore. Not anymore. No. And uh, if you were late to the Star Trek Discovery game and haven't watched any of it yet because you didn't want to subscribe, guess what? Uh, the first season is coming to regular CBS and that will start on September 24th. <laughs> I read uh, the short story that you recommended, A Change of Plans, by Dennis E. Taylor. That took me about 20 minutes, but it was a wonderful 20 minutes. I wanted more. I told you. It was great. Yeah, it was good. It was really yeah. good. Well worth the buck. Mm -hmm. And I read or listened to, yes, I can say that when they come for the comedians, we're all in trouble by Judy Gold. I heard her on the mm -hmm. Penn Sunday School podcast, and she was pretty good, pretty funny. So I went and grabbed the book. It's interesting. I mean, it's, it's like kind of half you know, about free speech and, you know, why comedians need to have carte blanche to say whatever the hell they want to say, which I mm -hmm. totally agree with. But the other half is uh, basically just like kind of her story, which is pretty good. It's a pretty good book. I, I enjoyed it. It's, it's fairly short. It was like on Audible. It was a five and a half hour read, I think, something like that. So right. in, in normal in normal book speak, it's probably pretty short. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, Judy never, Judy Gold never really broke through, uh, but she was, I remember seeing some of her specials way back in the day, and she was always very funny. So I'm, and I'm glad that there, there are books coming out saying this, because I agree with you 100%. Comedians uh, should get a pass, because that's what they do for a living. And uh, they need to be able to, to walk the line and cross the line, because that's part of walking the line. Yep. So, and speaking of that, uh, Jim Gaffigan well-known as the basically clean comedian, very family-oriented, very nothing edgy about this guy, but also very funny. I, I always enjoy his specials. Uh, the Trump supporters broke him, finally. Okay. <laughs> he, he had a Twitter meltdown uh, that was absolute gold. I mean, I loved every single second of it. So just because we were talking about comedians and walking the line, uh, I've got the link in the show notes. Yeah, the RNC broke him, and he finally unleashed in a way that is very un-Jim Gaffigan, but very, very funny. Yeah, I haven't read the Twitter thread yet. I read part of his uh, his explanation on Facebook about why he did it, mm -hmm. uh, but I haven't gone back and, and actually read the thread. So I will have to check that out because everybody's saying that it was pretty damn good. It was good and, uh, you know, true. <laughs> of the week. Well, the city of Los Angeles has threatened to turn off power and things like that in all these party houses because, you know, people are not taking anything seriously, particularly uh, pe people that are influencers, as it were. So in an effort to crack down on them, uh, these potential super spreader events for COVID-19, city attorney Mike Fuhrer announced on Friday that his office has filed criminal charges against four people, two party hosts and two homeowners, for mega parties that have reportedly been the source of outrage from neighbors, uh, according to those uh, among those charged are uh, the, let's see, TikTok stars Bryce Hall and Blake Gray, two people I've never heard of, who share a rented home in the Hollywood Hills. They've had hundreds of people attending, loud music all night long, cars blocking access for emergency vehicles, blah, blah, blah. And uh, yeah, they have a combined 19 million followers on TikTok, and they basically just have been posting these huge party videos. So uh, guess what? They're, they've, been, they've been fined, uh, these idiots. <laughs> had parties six days apart. The, the LAPD officers came, said you can't do this, posted a, a big sign at their house saying you were not allowed to have parties here, and then six days later they had a second one. So, yeah, now they've cut the power to the home. 
<laughs> yeah, good. Yep. Good. So no Wi-Fi, no TikToking. We'll talk about TikTok in a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh yeah, yeah, these guys are just idiots. Yep. Oh wait, they're TikTok influencers. There you That's go. Kind of <laughs> kind hand of the definition. Hand. <laughs> hand in hand. Now in I Weep for the Future News, Brian, uh friend of the show Eric Hunley sent me this one. This is an article over at uh, New York Post. Mm-hmm. And it's called Young People Don't Trust Anyone Who Uses This Punctuation Mark. Of course, clickbaity headline. Mm-hmm. And uh, turns out it's just a period. The kids these days think uh, using a period is basically a microaggression and they can't take it anymore. Fucking snowflakes. What the fuck? <laughs> okay, I read through all of this and I have to ask. Is it really, or is this digital culture journalist Victoria Turk just trying to promote her book in a very savvy way? Very well, maybe, but I'm sure she's got some people that really kind of think this is real. All right. <laughs> uh, okay. Whatever. I, I get it. Texting is texting. It follows a different lexicon and okay, whatever. I, I don't use periods a lot in my texting, but is it a microaggression? Uh, apparently. Apparently. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> fucking whatever <laughs> whatever <laughs> by the way uh, you know what i consider a microaggression the the title digital culture journalist yes <laughs> wait isn't that what we are oh shit feedback loop over at patreon we've got some new subscribers nicholas jude daniel julian kater 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 i'm going with kater and hangdog all right thanks guys thank you and girls and over at PayPal, we've got Scott, Claudia, Thomas, Pedro, Michael, Nicola, John, Judge, Matt, and Simon. And a shout out to Martin, who has been tossing us what he calls Scaramoochies every time he does a successful stock trade thingy that he's trying to explain over on our Discord, but I still don't quite understand what he's doing. He's making money and he's giving some to us. That's all you need to understand. So thanks, Martin. <laughs> I agree. Uh, one thing about our Discord thing is it's actually lowered the amount of Twitter feedback we're getting, which I think is interesting. That's kind of a bummer, but uh, there you go. Or maybe it just wasn't a big week on Twitter for us. Yeah, I think everybody might be uh, taking a break from Twitter thanks to the the previous week of the <laughs> RNC hell. Yes, but we have no lack of uh, feedback coming in through our website, GOG.show. And first up is Matthias, who says, about statistics, my math teacher told me this when I, we got to the chapter on statistics. Lies, goddamn lies, and statistics. There. Next chapter. I totally remember that saying, but I've, we've never used it. That's funny. Yeah, that is never. funny. And Mark writes in, this is for Bittner's radiological musings. Let me just do the TLDR on this one. Uh, this guy may or may not have had any, any experience in this kind of tradecraft, but makes the point that uh, you could definitely have used one of these as a, for, to, to do radiation exposure readings. Right. We're t- and we're talking about that. We're talking about the iPod story where yes. they, they had the, the iPod that was manipulated by, <laughs> by people from, uh, I forget who the fuck they're from. Anyway, go back and listen to the old episodes. You know what we're talking about, but yes. So this is second confirmation that it could have been used for that. Yeah. And Samson writes in, hi guys, love the show regarding episode 466. I'm so glad you mentioned Spotify not being able to download and save playlists automatically offline as I've, I've I've been saying this for years and has stopped me from switching my podcast from Apple's app to Spotify forever. I commented on a thread on the Spotify community two years ago. The thread is four years old with the project being still marked as not in progress. So it does not look like it's coming anytime soon. But judging by other users comments, they are baffled that the standard feature is not here yet. Is there any particular reason why you think this feature is not available or do you think it ever will be? By the way, I've been your one listener on Spotify a couple of times. <laughs> Thanks. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, so there you go. It's uh, I don't know why it's not there. Um, they're certainly spending enough money and putting enough uh, investment into uh, podcasts. So why they haven't included this feature is beyond me. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of news about Spotify and podcasts this week. Not a lot of it's really great. So, uh, but hey, it's September 1st as we record this. And that means Joe Rogan's going to be showing up on Spotify now, but he's going to be, he's going to be in multiple places until December 1st when he goes full Spotify. Right. And uh, to, to celebrate, I guess that's the term he put out like a five and a half hour show and got really high on it, I guess. So, okay. (laughs) Something I won't be listening to. (laughs) Ralph writes in, hi, Grumps. What's social media worth without the underlying algorithms? China knows the answer to that. And uh, this is the big news that China imposes new rules, which could halt the TikTok sell-off. Because what they're going to do is they basically put on the no export list a bunch of features that are built into TikTok. Yeah. So basically saying you can buy TikTok if you want, but you don't get the code. Yeah, no algorithms for you. And they this is this is obviously done to fuck up this sale, you know, yep. because it, it talks about content matching algorithms and quote unquote AI. But yeah, the content recommendation stuff is really the key to TikTok's, you know, secret sauce. And as we're recording this, it's nine in the morning on Tuesday. We're expecting to hear sometime today who the buyer's gonna be. So by the time this goes to air, it might be might be out in the wild already. Can't wait for my Walmart TikTok. TikToks and TikToks. <laughs> and Jason writes in, hi, guys, longtime listener, and I wanted to share the attached link. I thought Brian's little guy would like it. And this is what the night sky would look like if the other planets were as close as the moon. Very cool. Uh, yeah, showed it to the kid. He did love it. Maybe. Yeah. Of course, he was pissed off that they didn't do the dwarf planets. Of course not. No, but it's, yeah, this is an older article. And I remember when it came out because it was uh, it made the rounds back then. But if you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth a look. It's pretty cool. I really wish Saturn was that close, although it would probably break our planet apart. Yeah. The, yeah. There's no mention of the actual effects that would actually happen, which should, would not be good. No, it would be very, <laughs> very bad for us. There's a reason that the solar system is set up the way it is. It works perfectly for us. Mm-hmm. And Martin writes in, I would like to give feedback on your comments in the last show that there is no exciting new technology in the pipeline. Personally, I'm a longtime flight simulator enthusiast going back to version 3.0 on our IBM 286 computer. I had version 1.0 on floppies. Ha <laughs> ha, suck it. The new Microsoft Flight Simulator just came out and I need to upgrade my PC. I'm super excited about the new NVIDIA 30 series of graphic cards coming out soon and the new Zen 3 processors from AMD that are in the pipeline. My new PC will be combined with the new HP Reverb G2 VR glasses. For me, this is the first time to experience VR on a PC and I'm really looking forward to bring my flight training to the next level with this new hardware. Well, I mean, it's it's upgrades. Flight simulator is an upgrade. We were talking about we've been doing since we were kids. Uh, Just faster processing cards. VR has been around for ages. None of this is new. It's just uh, better, faster, bigger, stronger, faster, more expensive. It's upgrades. It's basically upgrades. So, yep. Uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, Demetheus writes in grumps. Not sure if you covered this on the show, but I was digging through HBO Max's settings and discovered a don't sell my personal information section. And of course, don't sell my personal information was unchecked by default. I immediately checked the box, but unfortunately I've been using the service for about a month. So I'm guessing HBO has been selling my personal info for said month. Please warn your listeners to check the box. Uh, yeah, the do not sell my personal information stuff is everywhere now because of GDPR. Yes. 
Yes. And it's really annoying because it never remembers who you are now. So every time I go to a Condé Nast property, I have to click, don't sell my thing, get the page, click on it, have to put in the information, and then it sends me an email, and then it comes back, and then it does it again next time I come back to the site because it apparently won't follow me and remember who I am because I told it not to. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Catch 22. Ease of use or privacy? Which do you prefer? Yeah. So Mary writes in, quote of the decade from a show a couple years ago, President Obama will give his farewell speech in Chicago. I didn't agree with half the stuff he did, but I'm sure going to miss him. So that was one of our quotes. And yes, sir, you were right. She says you were so right. I'm pretty sure that was mine because I don't remember you being never saying anything bad about Obama. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, uh, you know, I, I kind of knew what the alternatives were. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Yeah. And Zachary writes in, just wanted to follow up on a couple of things in the latest show, episode 467. I am not really in favor of having a Google Nest Next Hub in a hotel room. However, if they are using the Nest Hub and not the Nest Hub Max, there is no camera on that device. Hmm. Well, I seem to remember Google and Nest getting in trouble with putting cameras on things that weren't supposed to have cameras. Yeah. It's like, but it's not attached. <laughs> <laughs> it's just in there. It's not attached to anything. Uh-huh. Yeah. Also, the Nest Hub Max has a switch to disable the camera. Mm-hmm. Also, speaking of using a virtual assistant to control your TV, the Google Assistant devices work pretty damn well controlling a TV with Roku OS based, baked in. I had a short experience using Alexa devices, and they just didn't fit my needs. As far as Google One is concerned, it's basically the overarching cloud storage that houses your Gmail, phone backups, photo app library, and Google Drive. I know you can upload your photos to Google Drive proper, but I think it is more focused on G Suite storage. I think of it basically in the same way Microsoft is the OneDrive and email services, but both are really just part of SharePoint. I'm pretty sure if you pay for your storage with Google, you have Google One. Just for your information, not trying to be a Google apologist by any means. <laughs> Keep up the great work and stay safe out there. Thank you very much. It clears it right up. And Marcy writes in, hey, Grumps, I want to upgrade to a new phone. I am going for the latest iPhone. How do I go about wiping my previous phone? Sadly, it's a Pixel 2. You've turned me. Uh, Marcy, use the Google bot like I did. Link <laughs> yeah, in the show notes. Let me Google that for you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Yep. And Matt B. UK writes in, Jason, if you enjoy the Japanese story of monkey, try the following. And this is a link to japantimes.co.jp. The 1970s Japanese TV show Monkey had a magic that has never been matched. Well, the thing is, it's a Chinese story. The original was a Chinese folktale. So I kind of like went through this article a little bit, um, but I couldn't get the images to load. But at the very end, I found that Netflix actually has a new series called The New Legends of Monkey. And they've got two seasons out, and it looks pretty good. So I subscribe to that. That link will be in the show notes. Uh, thanks for the link. I'm going to go back and reread this. I think they do mention at the top that it was Chinese, but it sounded more like a Japanese story. So I think they're doing some cultural appropriation on Monkey. <laughs> and Ryan writes in, was just listening to episode 467, and through your discussion on speed caps on the scooters, I agree with you. I see it much in the same way that I also see some RV drivers, speaking as a truck driver, some people are fine, but there is no endorsements to be able to drive an RV. Also, if Brian hasn't figured out how the Disney Plus and ESPN Plus works, you got to pay an additional nine-ish bucks a month to get ESPN as the three-year bundle is for Disney Plus only. Yeah, I finally figured that out. That's so annoying. Again, these subscription things are so annoying. Uh, you know, they offered that three-year bundle or the three-year cheap price for Disney Plus where you got the discount. So I immediately leapt in on that. And of course, you know, it was like a month or two later that they announced the ESPN Plus thing as well. So so I didn't get it. And now I have to pay more if I want ESPN Plus. And I hate subscriptions. I hate yep. everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And A writes in, what happens when developing apps don't require any coding skills at all? And this is a link over from the BBC, which uh, there are all these things out there like Bubble, which are drag and drop builders. Um, you know, it's basically, uh, it's the app version of, uh, of of WordPress or what's the Squarespace for websites and all that sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, those things are getting better and better, aren't they? So, you know, coders, uh, you better pay attention to us to us web developers uh because they're coming for you (laughs) yeah they're coming for you um so they're getting better and better and basically the article says they'll still be coders because coders will have to build these things that build the things you know that comes back to robots and self-driving cars you're gonna have to have a robot mechanic so you have to robot programmers (laughs) i want to try one of these to see yeah me too i got really interested in it yeah, when I was reading through it, I'm like, this sounds really cool. And they, because they did a, uh, an actual Twitter clone and they called it not real Twitter, but, uh, <laughs> and then they gave it a cheeky tagline, just like Twitter, but worse, a lot worse. I don't know how that's humanly possible. Uh, and Barrett writes in someone in Trump's campaign dropped the ball and Biden has snagged keep America great, the domain. Uh, so they, they they call it the latest act of trolling. But I think that's branding. I think so. that's uh, that's pretty genius. And uh, by the way, Biden himself was not on GoDaddy snagging the keep America great domain. I hate that headline. The Biden campaign just stick campaign in there. Yeah. <laughs> seriously <laughs> can you imagine biden's just like trolling for domain names yeah he's sitting there texting everybody to give him money sending tweets about giving money and then he goes oh wait let me log into GoDaddy and grab a domain oh hey it's available yeah yeah <laughs> i can just see that yeah and mary writes in i am a texas native grew up here and live in texas now your podcast is awesome politics and all i listen to the end of every podcast after a navy career and retirement and politics in the office the state the country and even the family abuse of power makes me want to start my own party it's called the responsible adult party y'all politicians grow up damn it i'm with you mary i'm signing up i'm with you tell me where to send my money Mm -hmm. (laughs) and damien writes in hey lads greeting from australia I'm an AV boy way back and found this story in a U.S. AV online magazine. It's the technical story behind the DNC convention. Incredible to say the least. And it's how the DNC was produced from a living room. Unfortunately, I can't read it because it's behind a paywall. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I remember the couple stories came out right after it happened. And yeah, it was one guy just uh, hanging out in his living room with about 30 monitors. Pretty incredible. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to how this shit works now. Yep. It's really it. And he says, P.S. Love your politics talk. Fuck Spotify and fuck the carrot Nazi cunt. Cheers. <laughs> Andrew writes in, your ending of the last show with the Scots and Wankers rat rant made me stop my run and keel over laughing. No idea where that came from, but very much appreciated. Cheers and hope you're both doing well. Yeah, that was uh, a clip from Train Spotting, one of my favorite mm-hmm. movies. And I just threw it in because I had it lying around. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we're testing to see who listens. Exactly. And Vinny said, would you put your kids in an online class like this? And uh, he scrolls down and he says, oh, good Lord, be a YouTuber for ages 8 through 12. And this is over at uh, Sophia X Classes for Kids. Now, I know you sent this in basically to make fun of the be a YouTuber thing, but I actually really appreciated this link. Uh, some of these classes look absolutely great for kids, to be honest. So I, I, cool. I bookmarked that. Yeah. Uh, Alex writes in, best recent use of AR I've seen is Ubiquity app for their switches. And then he has a link to the Ubiquity AR demo, which uh, I don't understand anything that was going on there, but it looked kind of cool. So it's basically a networking switch. And when you use the camera and go over it, it'll show you where the cables are behind it. So you don't have to go through and figure out where your patch cables are going. Yes, As because somebody people has- are lazy and don't uh, don't label things. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, if you've ever worked in a, in a data center, you know that it's cabling is an art form. And yes. if you don't do it right or get lazy, it's almost impossible to track cables and trace cables. You know, <laughs> we had 550 servers at Technorati. And I remember going to the data center one day when they were when we after we'd moved it and everybody was trying to repatch everything. And it was just like, oh, my God, network engineers that that, you know, they, they we talked about how little they make at the beginning of the show. They need to double their salary. That's networking is hard. <laughs> yep. And Baby Rabies writes in, Star Trek Enterprise was great, but do yourselves a favor and skip the final episode. If you're feeling masochistic, you can read about why it's so bad on the show's Wikipedia page. Yeah, it wasn't the best uh, final episode, but I, I can think of worse. Looking at you, BSG. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and Marie writes in, writing this as I'm listening to episode 466, Star Trek Enterprise theme song wasn't really a theme song. It was originally a song that was written for the soundtrack to Patch Adams. Berman liked it so much he used it for Enterprise, still not one of Diane Warren's best efforts. I get you liked Enterprise better than Voyager, but it was too much paranoia and, and shoot first, ask questions maybe later for me. I've been listening to Delta Flyers podcast with Garrett Wang and Robert Duncan McNeil doing a rewatch of the episodes. Man, that's a thing right now, isn't it? Yeah, like people, yeah, people that haven't really gone on to do any other work are going back and doing podcasts about their big hits. Um, yep. It is more than a little rough to listen to, but once they get into their memories of the episodes, it gets better. The bring on the other cat, they, I assume that's supposed to be they, they bring on the other cast members as guests. So it kind of replaces the convention going experience. And uh, this is from the Wayback Machine 2017, but it bubbled up on my feed. A solid good guy used for an algorithm. And this is a link from Bloomberg about uh, this guy that built a algorithm that tracks serial killers. So. Nice, nice. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the funny thing about Enterprise is I've still only watched the first two episodes, so I really don't know if it's better than Voyager. But I like <laughs> the first two episodes more than 90% of the Voyager episodes. So maybe, maybe I'll get into it again. Just really mm -hmm. haven't had the time. Still watching Entourage. Season five, episode nine. <laughs> <laughs> and Jake writes, and you mentioned the weight on the back of the Oculus recently. I'm a Blackhawk pilot, and we commonly wear night vision goggles at night for two to six hours or more at a time. It's a lot of weight levering off your helmet. We wear weights on the back of our helmets to make them comfortable to wear for extended periods of time. Generally, it's around 20 to 22 ounces, and it makes a huge difference. Well, thank you for your service, Jake. And uh, cool. I'm definitely going to give it a try. I haven't had that much time to play with it yet, though. See the previous comment about Entourage. <laughs> and over at iTunes, we have a couple ratings. Uh, the first up is from NixMama07, which is a five-star rating. Keep on keeping on. Oddly enough, I discovered you all whilst in jail, and now I'm hooked. Love your guys' realness. Well, thank you. Thank you. I didn't realize you could listen to podcasts in jail. Apparently you can. Very cool. And Brutus Bird writes in with a five-star, great show. I am an HVAC mechanic and work by myself, so podcasts and Audible are how I get through my day. Even though I'm not a tech person, I enjoy the show. I get great reading and media tips. Plus, it's fun. Can't wait to hear about Brian's love for scooters. <laughs> nice. <laughs> And we got a one-star rating. Josh from a blue state writes in, not really geeky. Generally, I expect factual information from a geek podcast. I've been listening religiously for the last year or so, and they seem to get more unhinged and jump to falsehoods on a regular basis now. It's actually quite disappointing. Well, nice to know you, Josh. Catch you later. <laughs> R Ruby Coon writes in with a five star. You've got to fight for your right to be grumpy. Just started listening to you guys this year, and I'm surprised it's taken me so long to find this podcast. 
Well, if more people found it, we'd like that too. I love the insights and recommendations and the fact that you two, while similar in many ways, disagree on many things too. Thanks for all you do. Looking forward to becoming a Patreon supporter soon. Well, we're looking forward to that too. (laughs) And we have one more five-star rating. This comes from Nighthawk, calling the industry out on its crap while giving credit where credit is due. A comprehensive and critical take on the technology industry presented with much-needed grump humor, because if you can't laugh at some of the crap going on these days, you'll just go mad. Yep. It's not (laughs) all negativity though they definitely give credit where it's due i just wish it was due more often i have one request that would make this perfect for me with covid my routine is shot like many and i end up marathoning to catch up on gog when i can and i would love it if someone said the day and date of recording in the intro to give context keep on grumping Ah, thank you nighthawk uh just for reference we basically put this out the next day after we record it and i do believe there are dates on the actual listings where you get your podcast yeah, it should be should be right there. Yeah, we record this usually 24 hours before it goes out. Or actually, like, yeah, well, it's 9 in the morning. We go out midnight tonight. So usually uh, comes out the same day, th- that evening when we record it. So that, hopefully that helps uh, put a timestamp on it. If you want your question or comment read on the show, head over to GOG.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash review and toss us a five-star and snarky review. Well, obviously, as part of the incredibly bad week we've had, we also lost Chadwick Boseman, who uh, played uh, Black Panther, obviously, and uh, a bit of a milestone. Uh, his uh, his uh, the news of his death posted by his family on Twitty ha- Twitty Twitty Twitty. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! On Twitter uh, <laughs> is the most liked post of all time now, which is kind of sad. It is sad. It was, it, what he went through is amazing. He was a great guy, amazing guy. Very sad. Yep. And for normal people, I just want to give a shout out to my friend Tara, whom I used to dance with regularly back at Club Post Nuclear when we were all young and the world wasn't such a dumpster fire. Uh, She lost the love of her life last year, and now she just lost her home in the Santa Cruz Mountains due to the fires there. That's a rough year. Very rough year. Very sorry, Tara. Until next time, I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. The show is a labor of love, but your support keeps the show going. If you like the show, please visit GOG.show slash donate to help us out. We'll love you forever. Or visit GOG.shop and pick up some good old-fashioned GOG swag. If you can't do that, then please pass the show along to a friend. Word of mouth is the only way the show grows, so spread the grump far and wide. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 468. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, donate to the show, buy our swag, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy.